0: River Radio And the one million pound music ga- I
1: Tumble out of bed and I stumble to the kitchen Pour myself a cup of ambition And yawn and stretch and try to come to life
2: Jump in the shower and the blood starts pumping on the streets and traffic starts Hello and welcome. You're listening to The River Radio Let's Talk Business Show with me, Sophie Comas. I hope that everyone out there has had a fantastic week. On today's show, I'm really delighted to welcome Sarah McDonald from Revolutions Fit, a personal trainer based in Windsor who works brilliantly to keep her clients on the move. In today's show, we're going to be finding out a bit more about Sarah, learning more about Revolutions Fit, debating and discussing some of the challenges faced by small businesses today. Plus, we've got some great music and podcasts podcast can't speak my teeth out today podcast choices for you so Sarah good afternoon welcome thanks Sophie how are you today yeah really good thank you it's lovely to have you on the show great good- Good to have you on here. Um, so, tell tell us a little bit more about you. So, where are you based?
3: So, I'm a Windsor-based mobile personal trainer. Yeah. So, I go out to my clients' homes or to the park, and we'll do our sessions. And I'll bring my trolley full of kettlebells <laughs> and different bits of kit to to give them a workout in a time that suits them. And it's just really about being super flexible around their lives because I know fitness
2: is something we all have to try and fit in at some point. Absolutely. Yeah. No. Definitely. I think we'll come on to talk a little bit more about that bit later on, won't we? But um, yeah, yeah so, so tell us a bit more about Revolutions Fit. You obviously shared a bit more there about some of your kind of the way you, you um, train your clients. But tell us, tell us a bit more about the business. How long have you been set up yeah. and, and where, kind of what areas and things do you, do you sort of work in? So
3: it all um, basically started with me teaching spinning classes. So I had mm. a day job and um, three and a half years ago, coming up four years in the summer, I decided to expand on those qualifications to do my personal training uh, qualification so what I wanted to do when I was doing my training was to actually get to as many people as possible and not everybody can always make it to a gym Mm. so that's where I decided to go mobile yeah and the rest has all kind of sort of expanded from there so (laughs) excellent Yep sorry I've just started with a bit of kit and then it's grown into into a nice successful business.
2: Excellent. And I guess with given experiences over the last couple of years I've guess you've also had the flexibility to be able to teach in a digital digital capacity as well. Absolutely.
3: I wasn't online before we um got into the last couple of years but did a very quick pivot and uh, I managed to get the majority of my clients to to try the online thing not really knowing how I was going to feel about working online mm. but it's done really well and I still probably have about a third of my clients that that stay online so I constantly am popping out to the park in Windsor or to a client's house within a couple of miles of the sort of Windsor area so probably from sort of the town centre all the way through to sort of West Windsor, the Deadworth area and the parks in the round there I tend to work and then I hop back home again and pop online and do some online sessions.
2: Excellent and I guess because you've got the online capacity I guess you're not limited to just in and around where you you live anymore.
3: No absolutely, I've got a couple of clients in Switzerland, I've got a couple of clients up north, I've got some in the Midlands. Generally sort of word of mouth things have, have really lent itself to that sort of trying an online session mm. with somebody because it's so much about the personality of the trainer that you're going to be spending time with yeah. you don't physically need to be there if you have a lovely rapport mm. and and you just can have a nice time whilst you're also doing your exercise and i i do train my clients quite hard <laughs> but i like to distract them while we whilst they're doing something quite hard so we'll have a chat we'll have a google and um it just lends itself very well to being online if need be but it's lovely to have the mix. Yeah. The balance of online and in person gives my day a lot of variety. So mm. very few days are. are- in a similar pattern Yeah. even week to week it doesn't always sort of lay itself out in that way so I get tons of variety
2: yeah no that that's really good and I imagine yeah I, I um I can can agree completely that you do distract people when you're training when when you've trained me also so um yeah just lift a bit more of that weight and yeah I'll keep going you. keep telling me about this keep going on that <laughs> yeah. exercise I know you don't really want to but carry on excellent <laughs> so and I know um I know you've got quite an individual um approach to some exercises I know within the fitness industry there's certainly an awful lot of focus around weight loss around kind of looking a certain way but you've got a slightly unique approach to the you know kind of how you feel about exercise.
3: Absolutely I sort of stumbled across this sort of health at every size um, ethos that's coming stronger through to the fitness side of things now it used to be so driven towards you know Uh, looking a certain way the aesthetics of of you know maybe being toned or um, trying to slim down for a holiday but the health at every size really resonated with with me and it's very much about being as healthy as you can at the size that you might be Mm. there are some reasons why people don't lose weight and that I always struggled with that And how I would help people if they were on a real weight loss course. And I it never really felt comfortable in my first sort of six to 18 months of my business. Mm. And this sort of movement to train people and to reach wider elements of the community without thinking, oh, well, I need to be in Lycra to do my session. I need to be a size X to go to the gym in the first place or to do a spinning class makes it limiting to those sort of group of people whereas actually we can work with or I can work with people that have got maybe a limited uh, range of motion in a in a particular arm or you know if they have a a injury that we're trying to recover from Mm. it's just thinking about what movement could we actually do that would benefit them from their mental health point of view they get some endorphins they're lifted at the end of the session they're still building muscle Mm. without necessarily losing lots of, um, of of weight with that. So they'll get stronger. We reduce problems with people's backs. And, and generally, especially with the sort of movement, people working from home a little bit more, it's just making sure people have got a nice strong core mm. when they're sat at their desk yeah. and then moving their bodies as much as they can around that sort of sedate day job
2: definitely and that must be quite interesting for yourself as well because you're you're not just building routines and programs for people just to lose weight actually you're adding an extra challenge in there to help somebody overcome a knee injury so actually how do you adapt exercises what do you do that's different to still enable people to move and to um as you say get the endorphins and the the mental well-being benefits as well so it must be yeah it must be really interesting it's so
3: variety it's so varied because it really is personal training it really mm. does put the personal into it because you have to look at somebody's movement patterns you have to work with their personality how interested they are in exercise <laughs> some not everybody is always you know they, they they put their faith in me to to give them their movement for that week sometimes yeah. they, they don't really want to do it sometimes no, which ho- is
2: holding them accountable holding them accountable
3: <laughs> and just being there so you look at people very much as an individual their personality their movement ranges any past injuries that they've had what they like
2: mm. that's one
3: of the questions I always do in my consultation chat with somebody is what exercises do you like and which ones don't you like yeah so for example quite often that answer is what don't you like and the answer might be a burpee I don't love doing burpees <laughs> I to would...
2: say all of it, I don't <laughs> like <any> of it.
3: <laughs> or press up somebody might have a real aversion and if they do it w- it will be that we don't do those particular movements but we might do elements of those movements Mm. so for a burpee we could do it on a chair we could do a squat thrust jump in and out and so it's encouraging people to do movement patterns that they don't want to do the full movement but there's something really valid in a part of it yeah and that's the fun bit it's that creative element and problem solving Mm. element that I get to do all day and that's what gives me variety and and the variety of different characters of course that I train and
2: I bet I I mean everybody's individual and different aren't they so it's interesting what you're saying there about different people approaching exercise in different ways um and I guess um for different lengths of time as well so Mm. just thinking about that you know can you perhaps explain it to me how you know how does it all work for your clients so if I'm a new client and I'm interested in um in working with you you know what what's the process how how does it all work and how does it all come come together
3: absolutely so what I always start with is either phone consultation or a first time meetup and that way we get to see whether we like the chemistry so mm-hmm. whether the chat is very natural because you spend time with this person and I spend time with them they spend time with me and they pay for that time so it has to feel like it's uh nice environment to want to do and they have to trust me mm. and I have to trust that they're going to respond to the cues that I'm going to give them and be safe and it all starts with that initial set of chemistry for me it's yeah. all about do we have a lovely chat are their goals similar to the things that I can align with so if I have a client that rings me up and says well I'm going on holiday in six weeks and I want to lose half a stone or a stone in that time I'll talk to them about, do they also want to be stronger than they were before? Do they want to um, have a longer term plan on their strength? And if sometimes those things don't align, and that way I might be able to to time post somebody to a weight loss specific personal trainer. Or I might say, amazing, that's the sorts of things that I can help you with. I can help you with your core strength. and you know actually you've mentioned in that chat about yes you're going on holiday but you're also going to be climbing up some really steep hills during mm. that time or
2: skiing perhaps or skiing
3: perhaps mm. indeed um climbing they've got to have nice strong core nice upper body strength those sorts of activities and i'll just glean those things and once we've had that chat if we decide that we're happy to go together we'll Try a first session. I don't tend to lock people into a block of sessions straight off. We'll do a taste session. Again, just check in that we're I've got the right kit that they're interested in, that they have fun in their first session. I enjoy it as well. Mm. Um, and then we move on from there. And that way we can then have a, a workout plan that'll maybe ten weeks. And we'll work through ranges of things all the while I'm watching them train, seeing what their limitations are and then starting to ramp that up. So we start to progressively train. We'll start to increase the weights gradually so that they feel like they might start off with a three kilo dumbbell for doing squats at the beginning. And then they might be using an eight kilo kettlebell by the end of a a progression set. And it just gives people the sense of movement. Other people just want to tip up and do some movement. And that's, you know, in that case, uh, we don't need to sort of, do it in a way that is so progressive although I will sneak it in <laughs> but it doesn't need to be so formal so it will yeah. just do lots of variety of things and keep it fun and keep it entertaining while mm-hmm. they're um while they're doing their movements Excellent. and, and then what the uh, threshold is really yeah. for that sort of level of yeah. ache the next day because yeah. that's another thing that people don't always yeah. have the
2: same because I guess also you've got different age ages and demographics yeah and, absolutely. And, things, and, and also work commitments that also yeah. play a part into finding the right person and kind of the Times and availability and all of all of that sort of stuff. So So have some clients. Some clients that like
3: really first thing in the morning. Some like late at night. Some want to do it in their lunch break as a bit of a break for their day.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Sounds sounds really really interesting to hear you talk about your approach to to how you work with your clients. What would you say is the best part of your job? Oh, I think it's that sense of achievement they get at the end. Mm. So
3: quite often (laughs) you get people's exercise face (laughs) when you're training them and you see when specifically I see this in a spin class because everybody will be huffing and puffing they'll be working really hard and it's they're not smiling that time (laughs) it's when they're done Mm. and they leave and they say oh thanks for that I wouldn't have done that otherwise yeah that's the best bit of my of my day you know it's that they leave they're happy they've done their exercise they can feel good about it they know they're going to be stronger as a a result excellent and uh, yeah just that's that bit
2: of it makes my day excellent and how about your worst what's your worst part oh I suppose
3: odds and ends of things are cancellations I get odd cancellations if somebody's yeah. had a work meeting specifically if they're you know they're working from home and then suddenly their boss throws a meeting in and then they they sort of can't do their session at the last minute and that's a bit of a shame because I sort of build myself up and I look forward to seeing that client on that day yeah. and some sometimes we can rearrange for that week and sometimes we just have to skip it mm. but that's life isn't it like not you know fitness fits in around life it can't be life yeah. and, it sh- and also wouldn't encourage people to make their whole life purely about fitness yeah they shouldn't be thinking oh well you know I can't can't to that meeting. I've got to do my workout. Mm. We've got to build it in at times when it suits us. But it's just a bit disappointing. Or occasionally, I might get into the park, set all my kit up, and then they'll let me know that a meetings oh, come gosh. in. It only that's happens hard. once in a blue moon. But that's that's the not so amazing bit of it. I yeah. think
2: no, definitely. Oh, for me, it's accountancy. Um, it's that that was always my thing, and, and the numbers and stuff. Oh but, no, um, I love my numbers. Still. Yeah, no, you love your numbers. So. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not the same for you. So that's brilliant. Thank you ever so much, Sarah, for. introducing Introducing a bit about yourself, a bit about the business, Revolutions Fit. Um, We're going to play a track now that you've chosen um, for us this afternoon. So um, do you want to tell the listeners what it is? I was going to go with um, the first one you gave me, if you can remember which one it was. Yeah,
3: it's a song by a band that I really like at the moment called London Grammar. So their music is particularly lent towards a dance beat which is sort of where my roots are I sort of love my dance music which is sort of half the reason I started in the spin classes because I got so motivated by the music but London Grammar are a band that Blend well to that, but she's got such a beautiful soulful voice.
2: Yeah.
3: And yeah, it just works well in
2: spin class. Excellent, brilliant. Okay, so if you're if you're listening out there this afternoon, imagine that we're we're training really hard on our bikes at the moment. So um we've got How Does It Feel by London Grammar just coming up now.
0: Like fire do you yearn for a change in our home that you learn? To never make the same mistake Do you think about me When you're all alone
2: back you're listening to Sophie Comas on the River Radio Let's Talk Business show and that was How Does It Feel by London Grammar. Um, thank you for listening in this afternoon. Today we're joined by Sarah McDonnell a personal trainer from Revolutions Fit. So far we've introduced Sarah um, Revolutions Fit the business and what she does and how she helps her clients. Don't forget if you have missed part of today's show you can listen again via catch up via the website which is river.radio or as a podcast via all of the usual places and of course if you'd like to get in touch about any of the discussions we're having on the show today please do feel free to drop me an email to sophie at river.radio so sarah welcome back thanks um so at this part of the show we've started to ask our guests a bit of a quick fire question okay. so for those listeners out there sarah's looking slightly terrified at me at the moment <laughs> but i promise you it's just a little bit of fun and it just gives our listeners a little bit of a chance to get to know you a little bit ready a little bit better so are you ready for your quick fire question round i think so <laughs> <laughs> so do you like marmite or peanut butter marmite do you like beer or wine beer uh Schweppes or fever tree Fever tree. Football or rugby? Neither. Oh. Sorry. Formula one, <laughs> formula one all the Oh, way. I haven't got that in here. Tennis or cricket? Tennis. Uh, tea or coffee? Coffee. Lemon or lime? Lemon. Cats or dogs? Cats, cats, cats. <laughs> Beach or city holidays? Beach, all the way. Uh, milk chocolate or dark chocolate? Oh, both are good, but probably dark. Oh, um, um, Press-ups or Squats. Squats. Um, and slightly different questions for you so if you could describe yourself um, in three words what would you describe yourself as and why okay
3: what would I say I'd probably say something like passionate yeah committed yeah so quite loyal person committed to that sort of
2: stuff and third word would be empathetic Excellent. So all good qualities for, for somebody that you'd like from your personal trainer. I think so. so, yeah. <laughs> so that's all good. And then last question, if you have one superpower, what would it be? Well, it'd have to be the lift the heaviest things I possibly could. So <laughs> I want to have the
3: Superman element of power, I think, just lifting Excellent. up like double-deckers or planes.
2: Excellent. Sounds good. and cool. it can Be saying to your clients, "Come on, I can lift this." Why, yeah, can't exactly. You? <laughs> Excellent. Um, brilliant. So we've we've talked a little bit about um, about um, revolutions fit and and what you do and and how you help your clients. But you, you weren't always a personal trainer, were you? So no. What, what's your kind of business journey and how did you how did you get there?
3: Well, I did economics at university, um, okay. and so when I came out of there, I was looking for a job that I could use my analytical skills with and it lent itself particularly to data and numbers so having cut my teeth a little bit in some sort of stock analysis style uh, roles and, and tracking and forecasting stocks which was interesting to do forecasting, but not so much to look at the stocks because it was the stock itself was ring binders and stationery related products. And okay. it didn't really get me out of bed in the morning. So a <laughs> job... why not? <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, I do like a notebook. Don't get me wrong. I like a new notebook. Um, but the, yeah, it's, it was a bit of a dry topic. So I was always a bit more lent towards the sort of public sector side of things. And yeah. a job role came up for the University of Northampton. And it was mm. a data analyst within higher education. Yeah. And I thought, well, people getting degrees. I mean, educating themselves. I had a fantastic experience at university. It really was the making of me. Yeah. I was very nervous before I went to university. And it really brought me out of myself. And I thought actually that is a topic that will get me out of bed helping with any sort of data analysis that could help people, you know, sort of access education or even you know find the sort of dream job that they wanted mm. so I started there as a sort of junior data analyst and I was looking at sort of data that was analyzing withdrawal rates and the reasons that people withdrew from their studies during their time at the uni and uh, and it was just fascinating and learning that you know some of the people were having financial problems and that way they could put in more scholarships bursaries so they were the, the data analysis and recommendations that we would make we were only a small team actually in you know they were clearly implemented straight off
2: that's brilliant so actually what you were discovering from the data the interpretation of it and the kind of recommendations as to how to work around it actually made a difference to yeah to people staying That's as brilliant. To, and
3: retaining in you know staying in their studies retaining them at the university which helped the university have a better idea of where their, their income was coming from yeah um, and then sort of stayed there for three and a half years and really learned a lot about higher education and then found a slightly more senior role in in, um the university based in Egham, which is part yep. of the University of London, which Royal Holloway. Yep. And I worked there for seven and a half years in a variety of roles that mm-hmm. were to do with still analysing the students' data, but also looking at it from... Um, a funding point of view, so we would help the university get the funding from the government as was then before students paid the nine thousand pound fee that they well, yeah, it's absolutely. not nine thousand anymore; it's it's gone up with inflation. But that was pre pre that day, so we were very much responsible for making sure the university got the funds it had based on the demographic of the students. There were lots of different sort of gateways that you had to get through to, in okay. order to have your funding from yeah. the government. And then life changed when students started paying their own fees and it was quite a big shift in terms of the way the universities thought and obviously they became from running a bit more like a public sector side of things to much more focused on like a business really Mm. and and students um, coming into the universities was um, just treated slightly differently, and there was a shift. Yeah, um, I guess
2: it'd have to be because it's of it's course. All, you know, as with any business, it's all yeah, about the then, consumers.
3: Are there? Pe- they're yeah. there. They're paying. They're yeah. they want um, a certain
2: level of service, a certain way of working. Yeah. So yeah, and yeah. I hadn't realised actually that that shift had happened mm. um, during that time. So yes, seeing I can it behind the scenes it's, is um, it's quite a. Because it's quite a, a different way of working, I think, within the public sector versus the kind of more business-focused Absolutely. area. So, yeah, that must have been interesting times.
3: It was, but it sort of brought it back sort of more to this sort of public... Uh, sort of brought it away from the public sector element of helping, more to being sort of driven by finances. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing. You know, universities have got to pay their way from the taxpayers' point of view. So I didn't think it was a bad thing. It just changed the environment that we were working in. Mm, um, and sure. a lot more pressure put on the universities to be sustainable. They've got to, you know, pay their way. Um yeah. So I I sort of cut my teeth into that sort of problem solving, looking at patterns. It was very sort of like that is part of my personality. Part of the reason I chose my degree was I like analysing patterns. Mm. And then during that time, I was teaching my spinning classes on the side.
1: Sure.
0: Yeah.
3: So I was dipping in and out teaching my classes I had a very sedate day job so I really enjoyed going to teach the classes in the evenings and at one point I was teaching six or seven classes a week wow. so yeah Gosh, really sort of juggling been. yeah
2: that must have been quite full-on <laughs> it was
3: quite full-on but it was good exercise and I was sat down all day and it was a nice release to be you know so sort of spreadsheet driven or data driven during the day to do to do something where you were being creative with your music and and getting um ideas which is sort of some of the songs I've got as our recommendations for today, sure. including the London Grammar one, is all about listening to the music and how it can motivate people. So I loved that element of creativity. And then another more senior role came up, which was my dream job title at the time. And, and I moved to University of East London to do that, which was a long trek from Windsor. I'm yes, not going to lie. It was, it was pretty tiring. Yeah. And then there was a particularly gloomy January morning, and I sat in the car thinking, oh, I'm going to traipse all the way over to the other side of London, where you can see the city in the distance and yeah. I was that so that far all the way in the Docklands I was so far the other side almost east yeah. London it felt I just felt so far away from home and it just I just had this moment of I love my spin classes I love doing that stuff now why am I traipsing all the way across London for one and everybody else is coming back the other way and you just see all these commuters crisscrossing yeah and the irony just struck me every day so it's sort of just this change in in the pattern of higher education and the extra pressure with the job title that I wanted and I'm so pleased I did it just to know that I you know I did that role for a while um but it did start to highlight how much I had the passion for and loved the other side of my life, the other bit of my work yeah. was, the, was the spinning classes. And, um, and, yeah, just decided this one morning, this gloomy January morning after a Christmas break and going back to work thinking, oh, is this is a long way to go. Oh,
2: what am I doing? Yeah. What
3: I doing this? <laughs> <laughs> All I want to do is just do the fun bit, the hobby bit. Yeah. And then actually thought, well, I could just do that. That's, you yeah. know, that's a viable option. Yeah. Um, and started to investigate the sort of ways I could actually, you know, go about building on the qualifications I already had. And, um, and started to look into some personal training courses and sort of picking the right one. Because at the time, was pre-COVID, a lot of the trainings were still in person back then. Yes. Yeah. And a lot of the trainings were quite, you know, it's full on. You're essentially doing an A-levels worth of training in a couple of months Gosh. to get your PT qualification. Yeah. So it's quite full on. Most of them were in London. And I've just been doing the commute to London. So I found a course that was predominantly online, which not many of them were no, back then. I guess
2: at that time, that was quite unusual. It was
3: quite unusual. They were sort of trailblazing a little bit. Of course, now of them have all got blended yes. offerings. Yeah, right. And did my study whilst also teaching some spin classes once I'd finished my day job and my notice was done. Yeah. So started teaching the spin classes and I was sort of teaching maybe sort of six, seven, eight, nine classes a week getting a bit of cover here and there and studying for the first few months and then when you get through a certain level of it you can teach classes so Mm. they sort of do gateways again of these sort of you can you can get so far and you can do other classes so I was trained to do circuits classes and cover anything and everything really at the gym.
2: I I guess just getting
3: lots of experience and exposure to work out what what you
2: like what you don't like.
3: Absolutely Mm. and
2: then a few months later I, I, I
3: qualified as a PT and then sort of treated my first year as a bit of an apprenticeship. I really did just want to get the experience of being one-on-one. I'd had lots of experience of training clients in a group environment with the music as the motivation on a bike, but actually working with somebody with weights and getting to really know their so their own little you know sort of adaptions that you would need to make it so sort of just building my confidence and really did a year's worth of I, what I would call my own little version of an apprenticeship <laughs> which is why stay, starting mobile and having that actually being the right decision to stay mobile mm. was great I didn't have to worry about the overheads within a gym I had the flexibility to work around people and and I sort of found the clients that I really enjoyed working with were the people that were really busy but that we could shoehorn something in. Yeah.
2: That's, and that's really interesting because I think in many ways you are, you're perhaps slightly ahead of your time then because obviously what then happened in the last two years would, you know, if you had a kind of a, a space booked in a gym mm. to train clients, that would have made... Well, your, your business would have disappeared completely absolutely so but it's... luckily I had a client base so I had yeah. the option to say to these
3: people you know okay yes we might only around the corner from each other but actually what we'll do is let's just hop online and see what we can do yeah. and I got my kit in my boot and I went and did drops of people sanitized everything and dropped it outside people's houses on doorsteps and then we just had maybe they might have had one dumbbell or one kettlebell or yeah. everybody had resistance bands anyway so that was all good and we just built from that and sort that's where the flexible bit came in as the online training. Yeah, and that, that was, was probably a year and a half into my business that we had to shift into this mm. sort of new way of working with what happened the last couple of years. And then gradually, most clients have returned back to face to face, but I still have a couple that might still
2: live around the corner but it just lends itself to being online still wow. well, because I, they're first thing in the morning and yeah, I guess you've got the time element as well that it is super convenient whilst I you know I completely agree that it's so much better to have somebody stood in front of you obviously you mentioned you had clients up north or
3: in yeah, Switzerland
2: yeah. obviously they can't you can't do that with them but um sometimes if you just want a, a half hour workout or something it's that accountability piece absolutely which is really important often you know it's so easy when you're busy just to think I mean I did it myself last night. I was going to go for a run yesterday. Um, I thought, no, I'll go after work. Did I? I didn't. Because I didn't have somebody there saying, Sophie, you need to go for a run. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. So, no, that's brilliant. Um, So, is there anything that you'd wish you'd known when you very first started out that perhaps would have have maybe lent you to do something slightly differently? I think the thing that I'd have... I I was really keen to open my own
3: studio. At one point, when when I was leaving my day job, it was really... A story that I was telling people to in order to justify leaving, really, mm. rather than say, I really hate my job at this point, <laughs> or I'm not that happy with traveling all the way, was I'm going to open my own studio, I'm going to have it half as spinning and half as maybe circuit workouts and things like that to build the strength and the cardio element together. Sure. And I started.
2: Well, I guess people can understand that what that means is exactly, well, tangible, it's kind of, quite yes, almost. Yeah. It's
3: almost like, okay, so I was leaving this to do that. What in some ways I'm really pleased I didn't do because of the way that COVID hit for people with having to shift so quickly is that I'm really pleased I didn't take that studio on, mm. it was more fortuitous I, I've, it was more luck than judgement You know, there wasn't an awful lot of me going oh well actually in order to cover my, I would have done all the due diligence in terms of finances if I'd have got that far Yeah. but in my head I was still really just coming to the end of that apprenticeship year that I was giving yes. myself before yeah. I started researching premises, Mm -hmm. looking at business rates, looking at all those things. And in the grand scheme of things, thank goodness, times timing worked out for me because I just could carry on with most of my clients online and then gradually drift back. Luckily when some of the restrictions started to ease, personal training one-on-one was one of the things with social distancing that was allowed to start returning in person. Slightly quicker than some of the other things did, yeah, so it was nice to then maintain those personal relationships back in person when we could,
2: yeah but I think obviously I think People must have been just really relieved and just relieved, so grateful to grateful, to see, grateful to see somebody else,
3: not have the delay that we get sometimes with a zoom call, you know sometimes we end up talking over each other a little bit, and you know that that is what it is and and, and we just work with that, but to get in the park in the fresh air. With some equipment and sanitising everything, keeping, you know, still a bit of distance. Obviously, now as things return back and majority of my clients have had COVID now, as have I. So we're all a little bit more less cautious i suppose yeah, I and that a, bit said, more relaxed, a little bit so, more relaxed if i need to on. pass a kettlebell to somebody if they're doing an exercise on the floor previous to when we were doing more social distancing i would put the kettlebell down walk away from them they would then pick the kettlebell up and do the exercises mm. whereas now i don't worry so much if i want to hand the kettlebell to somebody because sure. i know that we've all got into this habit now we don't touch our faces anymore in the way that we used to it's all yes. just a, a little bit more um sort of relaxed
2: yes yeah
3: and, uh, yeah, so it's sort of, I don't know. I'm just, if it was fortuitous timing, I think.
2: Yeah, no, I think definitely the the it sounds slightly lucky that, you, you know, if that was your ambition and that was your kind of where you were going to take the business yeah. to then have not almost had the opportunity to get that far quite yet. Yes. Um, definitely, because I think, you know, I can imagine it must be awful to have made that commitment to take on premises. Absolutely. And then have to shut for, what, pretty much best part of a year, year and a half that yeah. financially would have been quite difficult to come back it would have from, been tough. I, I would have thought yeah so, yeah um, no so that's good so would you have done any, anything differently do you think I mean obviously we've talked about kind of maybe a slight stroke of luck that you didn't go down the path you originally intended but is there anything anything that you you I would
3: have done, have done my Pilates done yeah. qualification earlier okay I, so I teach yeah. Pilates as well the reason I did the qualification was more to build knowledge and because the sort of training that we do at in any PT stres- uh, session, is mostly strength based because mm. of because I'm not particularly um, weight loss focused. I don't do tons and tons of cardio with clients. I tend to think let's build some substantial strength base before we go on and do anything else. Because once you've got muscle there, mm. that increases your metabolism. It just gives you the increased bone density as you as you get older. Yep. It's you know th- the I always feel like weight loss is such a short-term focus thing, whereas strength training is you're focusing on improving your joint mobility, your bone density for the long term. You're making yeah. a long-term commitment to yourself yeah. to reward your body with the things it wants to have in mm. order for us to live a long and healthy mobile age. So that when we do strength training, obviously having a strong core, having a strong trunk, having those tummy muscles, the back muscles in place, I think... Doing that Pilates qualification really, really consolidated that knowledge for me. Yeah. If I had my time again, I probably would have done that straight off the back of doing my personal training yeah, session.
2: because and Pilates it, is so good for you. It's so good. Right. But the
3: extra anatomy and physiology learning that you do with that level of qualification would have given me a bit more confidence back then, I think. Yeah. Okay. It was, it was principles because I practice Pilates I'd been to sessions as a participant I had all of those sort of ideas in my head Mm. but the confidence and the knowledge that you get from doing that level of qualification was amazing and I wish I'd done that a little bit quicker but
2: yeah is there um is there one mistake that maybe you've made that um you've learned a lot from um not listening to my
3: instincts on that initial chat so just talking about earlier on we were we were discussing about how I start the process off and that initial consultation mm. having come away from that session with a I'm not sure they're that dedicated to this Yeah, or
2: not quite sure it's it's right for me it's
3: right for me yeah. that not listening to that instinct I am very invested in that instinct now yeah and I had a client that booked five sessions and I think we did one yeah. out of the five and he kept cancelling. And it was just that sort of sense of this isn't working for either of us. Yes. Yeah. Whereas now I put a lot of faith in that sort of feel.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, and I just don't think he was that in the right space. I think he was ticking a box. I think yes. he thought I need to do some exercise. And Sarah's conveniently there, Um, but we didn't really have that rapport. And that's fine, you know, you're not going to hit it off with everybody in life, in in the gym, in fitness environments. You're just not going to have that 100% Mm. of the time. So that's the thing that I should, uh, that's what what I've learned as I've gone through my business
2: in the last few years excellent um and what's the future hold for revolutions fit what's coming up in over the next couple of years I guess not having a studio yes not having a
3: studio (laughs) staying mobile and potentially looking into teaching a version of pilates in person okay rather than just one to because I do a lot of it one-to-one or small group it'd be nice in theory to have a, a premises now that we're Coming out the other side of COVID and the in-person stuff has returned. Pilates is such a particular form of exercise; you really get benefit from being able to put your hands on somebody and just tweak their hips ever so slightly. Slightly. None of us know where our hips are in the real life. Like (laughs) doing my Pilates qualification, learning that about clients makes me a better personal trainer because I've got this real appreciation that none of us know what we're doing with our body (laughs) unless somebody says, "Pin your shoulders back and sit up tall."
2: I am now sitting up. Sophie is now sitting taller.
3: (laughs) We don't know what we're doing with our bodies that much. We just, you know, our brains are up here and we're in those all day. And actually putting your attention into your body um, gives you that. I'd like to teach that in person. The other thing that I am sort of thinking about is where I can help other newbies. Yeah. So when I came out with my certificate, got my personal training qualification, I had my certificate, I was like, right. What do I do now?
2: Yeah, what happens next?
3: What happens next? Yeah. How do I find clients? How do I... And they do touch on this very briefly as the mm. part of the syllabus. They talk, you know, they helped write... We all wrote a business plan and um, it didn't have to be cast iron, but it's the process of doing those things yeah. and how I, to market I often, yourself. I
2: often think those things, though, that you, you apply them in theory, but yes. then you, to actually put them into practice, there, there's a difference. And if you don't necessarily have that... That, if you don't think that yeah. way or you haven't had the experience, then that that can be really It, um, it was very, really very
3: scary. And I love the idea of being able to nurture people and progress them through those, like handhold them through those stages. It was terrifying on their own. Yeah. So I'd like to be able to at some point reach out to newly qualified personal trainers or ones that have been going for about six months that don't really know then how to grow their business further just to give them that sort of empathetic voice of reason. Uh, when I first came out and started talking to other personal trainers within the Windsor area, there can be an element of, well, these are my clients. Mm. You're another personal trainer. Yeah. And we, you know, it gets this sort of like, this is mine. Yeah. That don't competitiveness. look at my, Competitiveness. Competitiveness. Mm. Don't look at my clients. Go and find your own sort of yeah. thing. So that didn't help me, but I don't feel threatened as a as a personal trainer by somebody else because I know my niche isn't weight loss yeah I know my niche isn't training athletes I I I work with beginners I work with intermediate trainers uh, uh, trainees or you know people looking for their exercise and what I think we've all got our place Mm. you know we've all got our little a little area with market I don't feel threatened if there was a newly qualified person I would like to help them in the way that I didn't feel like I had that element of help and I had to build my own such a little mini network around me um
2: that's good and that's
3: that's sort of what I want to help other people with I think that's a, a valuable um skill to be able to to get other people and and give them a foot up
2: yeah so exciting times ahead it sounds like so that's good yeah absolutely (laughs) so we've got another song choice um for our listeners this afternoon so would you like to explain what it is and if there's a story behind it
3: so i love the 80s music so i was born in 81 but was very much part of my uh, childhood listening to, to to 80s music and my parents will tell about how I used to absolutely love Boy George. I wanted <laughs> Boy George to be my be- uh, boyfriend when I was growing up so um, 80s music's had a big part and a lot of the beats with the 80s early electronic has really formed my love of dance music nowadays. Yeah. So this particular one it's got all the 80s synthesizers in it it's got a great bit of lyrics in it so it's Pat Benatar and it's Love is a Battlefield and it's got a great beat to it.
2: Excellent so again we're imagining we're doing a spinning class I think.
3: That or just jogging or (laughs) on a
2: walk walking up a hill getting a rhythm to that music. Excellent sounds great okay so here we are Love is a Battlefield.
1: We are young. No promises.
2: love is a battlefield. Hello and welcome back. You're listening to Sophie Comas on River Radio Let's Talk Business show. Thank you ever so much for tuning in this afternoon. Today we're joined by Sarah McDonald from Revolutions Fit, a personal trainer located in and around the Thames Valley. So far we've learned about Sarah and the business Revolutions Fit and don't forget if you've missed part of today's show you can listen again via the website river.radio as a podcast via Alexa, Apple or Google. And of course, if you do want to get in touch about any of the discussions we're having on the show today, please do drop me an email to sophie at river.radio. So, Sarah, and the um, final part of the show, we're going to talk about some of the business challenges by um, faced by small business owners today. Obviously, there's been an awful lot of things going on over the last few years with COVID, and that's impacted and really changed quite a lot, I think, the way that we, we all work and sort of work within a small business Um small businesses certainly within and around the thames valley so within the the personal training and fitness sectors are there kind of maybe two or three really big challenges that you're seeing facing the industry as we move forward so absolutely at the moment there's a
3: return to workplaces that's starting to disrupt people's working from home patterns that's in impacting their availability they're quite often flexible days that they're in and out of offices but they're actually expected to be in quite a bit more than the maybe flexible package Mm. so I've got quite a few clients that are just seeing how the land lays now in terms of where they can fit their fitness in now they've got to go back to these longer commutes yeah and so that's making it having an impact on my business it's going to impact on gyms it's going you know class attendance might suddenly start to peter down a little bit just because people are having to reprioritize their commutes yeah and when everybody was working from home there was that little bit more time everybody had to play with
2: Mm. to
3: to invest in themselves and everybody got their own sort of threshold for how much they could still prioritize that yeah and of some of them are just going to have to sort of drop sessions a little bit so that as a that is having a direct impact yeah. on my business. Yeah,
2: it's, it's an interesting one I think because we've, we've talked to quite a lot on the show about this hybrid way of working and the way that it does impact um, individuals and, and the workplace that they they go to and you know certainly also from a marketing perspective you know if you think about it people typically would um, you know if they commute they would be kind of on a train or, or looking at kind of social media maybe on the way to work and then maybe at lunchtime and then maybe on the way back but then if you if you kind of shake those um kind of timings and patterns of work up, then mm. it means that people engage with things in different ways and i guess the same thing for fitness whilst there is you know thankfully i think quite a huge impact on mental well-being Absolutely. and ex- exercise is obviously an important part of that to manage stress and all of that kind of good good stuff that we're, we're hearing a lot about actually the the kind of the time and practicality of fitting in exercise i can see is going to be a challenge and I guess are you, are you kind of seeing a resolution to that or is it still in the phases of sort of trying to settle down there's a down bit of a bit? flux
3: there's a bit of flux so certain clients it depends on their employers really just mm. how much they're still really committed to valuing their their employees mental health mm. some companies are paying for their you know their their, their employees to have sessions and oh, so wow. sometimes I'll get asked to produce an invoice and that way they can then claim that money back which I mean these pl- employers are fantastic so there's definitely a shift in that way. Sort of, they are being accommodating and they do understand. But equally, so they've got to, you know, got to be successful and they're running their business, especially mm. coming out the other side of COVID. So they do. There is an element of wanting their employees back on site, having their level of accountability with their, with yeah. that side of things. So yeah. it's a there's a bit of flux. There's an element of not knowing if the cl- if their employers of my clients have actually said actually we're committed to you being inflexible you maybe only need to come to the office once a week there's an element of is that going to be reneged on at some point? Mm. Is there going to be a point where in sort of a year's time they might say, actually we want to go back office based, we're paying for these big premises. Um yeah, but I might
2: imagine if you're you know if you're a business, that's a massive cost yeah. saving to kind of say, you know what, let's look at this office space completely differently. We don't we no longer need to ask people to yeah. commute for an hour and a half to come and sit in the office and do their emails. Yeah, absolutely. Actually let's make it that they come in, they meet a load of people, we have a meeting space and huddles yeah. and brains. Storming, you know creative environments so that people don't you know almost don't bring their laptops into the office that's that that would be a bit controversial wouldn't it yeah Um, but almost (laughs) saying you know if you need emails or you've got zoom calls stay at home and do those yeah those bits um, don't we don't
3: need to it's the impact on the environment really yes that too the the pollution with the commute everything like that all feeds into this and if somebody sat at home doing emails and 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 a conference call you don't need to spend that environmental impact on that travel so there's a lot of shift towards that flexible work and that's great it's just whether that impacts on me and my business in terms yeah. of my clients needing to go to the office yeah because no, a lot of people are like busy working mums or you know they might still have a day you know still got day jobs and um I don't really work with anybody that doesn't work other than a couple of retired clients so I've got a couple of over 70s now that that, that obviously nice. you know for privileged position to just have their pension and then they can be my daytime clients they're Excellent. the ones that train at the slightly less sociable well no, they're actually very sociable times but they're the less in demand times like yes. a, you know sort of 11 o'clock or a two o'clock in the afternoon that yeah. type of
2: no, which is great for you but Perfect. Um, you know for working people those sort of times would be really difficult to maintain absolutely so no definitely I get that and and actually you I think you've kind of touched on it as well I mean the competition the, the kind of the fitness industry I think is is a very competitive one there's mm. lots of people doing things slightly differently so I mean yeah. I think you've touched on a couple of things today about how you perhaps stand out a little bit and do do something different but is there kind of one thing that you've noticed makes a a particular difference with that a lot of people have
3: mentioned how I because I'm not focused on weight loss and because I don't drive that forward as an agenda people have said that they find me through social media because I don't do before and after photos that's one real thing I don't want people to feel like they're coming to something that's got so many extra benefits to it not just the aesthetic and I understand everybody wants to look nice and fit in their clothes and you know I completely appreciate that but what I stand out from is really valuing that people are moving their bodies you Mm. know any movement is good what can we do what do you love doing other personal trainers will get you know not you know not just other personal trains other fitness professionals will get you doing something that is just hard because it ticks a box and that is hard and that's mm. yep you can walk away going I've done really hard stuff not necessarily having had the best fun yeah. and then I'm doing the movement patterns that really bring joy you know yeah. there are certain things that people will love doing some people love swinging a kettlebell some people hate swinging a kettlebell (laughs) I'm always worried
2: I'm going to drop it that's my (laughs) (laughs) fear smash a window while I'm there
3: (laughs) yeah to land on the foot or something like that so um it's just really the thing that I like to do is to really learn about my clients and actually what can I do that's going to make them enjoy their session as much as they possibly can Mm. and also how do I get them to do the stuff that maybe they don't always there's a bit of, you know there's a bit of vegetables in there in their in yeah. their meal of their workout you know there's a bit of lower back exercises that they need to do to make sure everybody loves doing abs everyone wants to do crunches until the end of the day because they, they think that'll lead to a nice flat stomach and and it does <laughs> and it it does strengthen really important muscles but we also need to work the muscles on the opposite side so mm. we what we do lower back that's not going to be everybody's you know like favorite exercise in the whole world no. but We'll do it, we'll wrap it up in something else that actually is fun. Yeah. So my my thing is that I just really tailor and put that personal into personal training. Excellent.
2: That's good. Just a quick question actually, I meant to ask you earlier. What is your favourite exercise? Oh I would say
3: a, oh gosh from. so many I, I you know I am partial to a plank and a plank <laughs> variation it doesn't always have to be the highest level of the even doing a kneeling version on yeah. your elbows on your knees and adding a hip rotation in something like that but oh, people say oh, oh planks are really hard but we can find a way to make it One, fun, and two, doable and achievable, but still build
2: muscle and build the strength. So probably a plank or a plank variation. That that sounds like another challenge right there in itself, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So... What about? Um, I know technology is another thing which has been really key within the fitness industry. That there's been lots of kind of developments, I suppose, on the different kinds of things. Absolutely. that You, you know, can use to I suppose track your well being and track yeah, your health. Yeah, all so these
3: what, um, sort what, of wearable watches, all the mm-hmm. apps on the phones. Um, the, f- the fact that they can talk to each other is brilliant. Um, there are um, tech on spin bikes now. You can look at the gener- the power you're generating with your pedal stroke there's just this whole influx and some of it's fantastic and people like me that love data embrace it
2: mm-hmm. other people
3: might find it that actually it turns them off a little bit yeah but I know some of my clients like to do their 10,000 steps a day count so they'll have their fitbits on their or their you know their, their wearable tech their Garmin's, their apple watches all those sorts of things yeah um and they will wear those and it and it is just a little prompt mm-hmm. and that for the prompt and the prod that it gives them to move more I think is invaluable yeah what I don't because I'm not so weight loss based or I don't want people getting too caught up on what is the calories that burned is that that particular tracker because it's fairly inaccurate And and I'll just put caveat that by saying the watches are great and they will give you a fair reading but it's never going to give you the really really accurate data that there are very specific fitness tests that you could go to a facility and have things like your VO2 max measured and they'll put a mask on you and ask you to run and they'll look at your oxygen
2: uptake. Sure your data geek is coming Oh my gosh, now. absolutely. <laughs> so
3: I could look at data all day and I, you know, I don't ever not have my watch on, but... It's not for everybody, yeah. but I love that it prompts people. I've got a client who was telling me her she's got her other half into doing her ten thousand his his ten thousand steps a day, yeah. and he will march around the house <laughs> at ten o'clock at night before they go to bed because he's, he's, he's I haven't got my badge yet. I've got I've got I've got so, to I've get got a it. My
2: that does that as well. That walk around the block to yeah. He's done his ten thousand steps,
3: but <laughs> if that's the mo- you know if you've only moved a little bit through the day, and then that little loop around the block is. The thing that helps you get to sleep that night because it's, you're not looking at social media mm. at the last minute when you're going to bed. If that's. That all of it is brilliant yeah. and it, it should encourage us but it shouldn't hold
2: us we shouldn't live our lives by it is no, what I think no, um, You know, no, that makes sense is there I mean just on that is there I mean you, you've just given a great tip around you know if you're trying to get more movement into the house to kind of be aware of the steps that you're doing and sort of maybe going around the block a couple of times but is, are there other ways that maybe we could build exercise into our routine really without, I suppose without thinking about it yeah um, are there any other ideas or tips that you, you could share with our listeners I
3: think it's really important to think about fit fitness as movement and that's why I like to use the word movement in when I write my blogs and when I talk about it on social media I talk about movement rather than exercise because movement can be anything from hoovering to gardening to playing hockey to playing Mm -hmm. tennis to going to the gym and going on the stair climber there are such there's such a broad spectrum that We can all find ways to move our bodies. And if it's a um, a little reminder to stand up from your desk, you know, a little prompt. Mm. You can get these devices that sit on um, the back of your T-shirt that prompt you to sit up taller. Mm. And when you sit up taller, you turn your tummy muscles on, things like that. Um, It's all about um, really just finding... Things that you love doing and trying to do it as much as possible. So if you want a mobility flow, if you're stiff when you get up in the morning, doing a couple of roll down, a couple of Pilates
2: roll downs. (laughs) Just, I'm chuckling because that's something that I've wanted to do for a long time. When you're boiling
3: the kettle, is there a couple of exercises you can do that will really benefit your knees, for example? Can you do a wall sit or um can you I'm not going to suggest you do jumping jacks in the kitchen necessarily (laughs) on a concrete floor but little bits like that there are all the obvious things like you know you can take the stairs instead of the lift and you can you know if you can walk on the tube walk around it as much as possible all of those things just going for a walk up the hill in your lunch break and and really um
2: Yeah. yeah that's good Thank you, Sarah. Well, that's brilliant. So before we wrap up for the week um, and for the show, if somebody wanted to find out a bit more about you and your business, what's the best place for them to look at to do so? So
3: come to my website, revolutions.fit, and you can read some of my blogs. You can find out a bit more of the stuff I've talked about around being able to move at every size. Um, You can read a bit more about my journey, which we've talked a bit about today of how I found my fitness, uh, sort of how I found my fitness business. Um, and then I'm on the normal social media stuff with Facebook and Instagram as well
2: Excellent, fantastic Well thank you ever so much for joining me this afternoon it's been a pleasure having you on the show so really good to meet you and fantastic to hear more about your business Lovely Um, So next week Fiona will be back on the show joined by some more great guests if you have any questions about today's show or have a question that you'd like us to ask next week please get in touch the email address is sophie at river.radio We also have some other great shows coming up across the network across the rest of the week and of course if you've missed part of today's show you can listen again via the website river.radio or via the usual podcast places all that remains is for me to leave you with dolly and look forward to seeing you next time take care